Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. tear it down that is the question and we've got james palmer has some insight with us jimmy palm trees here oh wow and speaking of palm trees todd davis returning from the land of palm trees so happy to have both of you rolling with us today and todd did the broncos ruin your trip uh they definitely put a damper on things (laughs) sunny skies nothing but rays of sunshine and then sunday night or Sunday afternoon, the Broncos definitely put a damper on my uh, wonderful vacation. Well, I'm glad it was wonderful. And uh, this was the one that you were expecting, though. You were the only person to pick the Jets to win that game. And I know. You were, were right, you really? Todd. I was getting a lot of crap for it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, but I thought. It's not a terrible pick. No, no it and I felt like it was the best time to choose them. I wouldn't be on camera. I'm going to be in Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> I just won't have my phone answer for a couple of days. That is yeah. smart, Todd. Smart. <laughs> yeah. And you were right. You picked up a game in the standings on all of us. Um, and uh, James, now, is it? What, 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 what was your take of the game? Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. I mean, listen, it lost a lot of juice. I was on the Jets sideline for most of pregame just because I know a a wide variety of people there, but I don't get to go to New York a ton because we have multiple people based in New York. So it was an opportunity to see people that I know, front office players, coaches, people that I know and wanted to interact with them. And I was talking with them like, this doesn't have a lot of juice, does it? And they're all like, no, like this really doesn't have any juice. I was like, if Aaron was playing, oh. this was going to have a lot of juice because yeah. he was the dude who was going to bring it all back up. Yeah. You know, in his press conference during the week, he would have brought it all back. Yep. He was stirred the pot. That's what Aaron does. He wasn't there at Mile High, probably because it wasn't a nationally televised game. And he couldn't be seen <laughs> across the country, so he wasn't there. Um, <laughs> but it didn't have a whole lot of gusto to it now, yeah. by any stretch. Now, uh, pre-game, I was like, I don't know, man. I think the Jets are going to win this game just by talking to people over there going like, we were shell-shocked for a few weeks. Like, I literally was told that a few weeks after Aaron went down. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't really like, what just happened? Yep. But what happened against the Chiefs? They were like, 
oh, Zach's gained a little confidence. The coaching staff gained a little confidence in terms of what we can do with them. Yep. And they just took the training wheels off of, off of, off of Brees and were like, we're going to let it run. And they know the defense is good. Yep. Like, they actually – I'm standing in the locker room post game and I'm like, there's players here. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to do this, but if you walked from that locker room into the Broncos locker room, I'd be like, Allen is probably more talented top mm-hmm. to bottom. Mm-hmm. Would you disagree with that? No. No, I agree. Absolutely not. And that that's why I don't disagree with what Robert Sala said after the game. If they didn't have the terrible red zone struggles that they had going 0 for 5 in the red oh. zone, they, sh- they should have blown blow their doors the Broncos mm-hmm. Honestly, they, out of the water. That's the way most of the guys I talked to said. Like Tyler Conklin told me, he's, he's like, he, I asked him, I was like, do you feel like you broke the Broncos defense? He's like, oh, yeah. And if we would have put in the red zone, we would have just broke him completely. Mm-hmm. But we were running at will. I mean, 234 yards. Yes, you're running. Well, he carried himself carried like four guys down for 20 yards. That was yeah. insane. Roughly down the middle of the field. But you, in that locker room, when I said there was no juice pregame going into this, postgame, I mean, there were plenty of – I can't drop an F-bomb on here. Mm-hmm. You can. Okay, I won't do it. <laughs> but it was a lot of like – you could hear from – like, you know this, Todd, when you're fired up after a game yeah, and you would have been kind of – downplaying it all week cj mm-hmm. uzama told me that like they kind of downplayed it all week there were, you could hear from the showers the training room the other side of that visiting locker room f sean payton mm. f sean payton like wow. guys were letting it out yep. in that locker room when i'm standing there like and they usually that happens before the media gets in there yeah and then everybody calms down they were still fired up after the cool down period that they mm-hmm. get or whatever and then we all came back in well and it, it was cj before the game yeah. who i was yeah. shocked to hear this before oh. the game because i thought it was just going to be all after the game i thought that the jets were gonna you know just let this one go until after the game cj uh on the field right before the game mm-hmm. with a bunch of defenders around him saying mm-hmm. earmuffs let's win this bitch for mm-hmm. hackett yeah and the fact that it's defensive players too saying it F Man. him, F them, he said. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. It was so. hype. It was definitely energy in the building. Um, and it felt like everybody came together for that call, especially after the game. They were hugging like they had just won kind of like a national championship. Yeah. They all did it for Hackett. Like it was a big moment for them and they, they came to play, man. I saw Nate post game. I will say this. He uh, he downplayed it. Like he was very subdued. I watched him come off the field. I went to their tunnel. I was like, I want to see Nate come yeah. off the field. I want to see he was like very collected. Afterwards, you know, teams getting barbecue, getting onto the bus. Mm-hmm. I was like, Nate, congrats. I, I got. He's, he's a good person, man. Yes, he he is. is a really good person. And I was like, Nate, congrats, man. Like, because honestly, he didn't deserve those bullets. No. Mm-hmm. And he was like, appreciate it, man. I was like, you got him. You want to talk? And he was like, Nah, I'm good. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's, it's totally fine. But yep. um, he 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 was kind of more measured than some of those other guys that have really, really. And, and the guys told me this. It's because they care for him, and yep. that's why they had that. You know, care for him as a person, honestly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more than a coach, and that's kind of why they had some of those uh, outbursts post game and CJ pregame, honestly. Well, and it was a big win, not just for the Jets, for Hackett. It was a big win because that was for both teams to keep their season alive. You mm-hmm. fall to one and four, whether you're the Jets, whether you're the Broncos, especially the Broncos playing mm-hmm. the Chiefs this week. You're staring at one and five. This is going to be the first time the Broncos are one and five if they do lose and they're ten and a half point underdogs to the Chiefs. If they lose, this is going to be the first time they're one and five since 1994. Mm. I was barely alive mm. the last time the Broncos <laughs> oh, were 1994. You know what happened breathing. after that season? Huh? Their coach was fired. Wade Phillips was fired. 
Don't think that's going to happen with Sean Payton. Um, and they actually finished 7-9 and nine that season. So mm. they actually finished strong. Uh, but they decided that Wade wasn't the guy. And it, it worked out in the end by bringing Mike Shanahan in. But that's kind of the road the Broncos are staring down. And before we go down this road of what it looks like moving forward... Todd, I just have to get a defensive player's perspective at how demoralizing it is when you just cannot stop the run. And not just not being able to stop the Jets. The past three games, the Broncos have had the worst stretch of run defense in their history. Mm -hmm. Entire history. Given up 755 yards in those three games. And right now, the Broncos have the worst run defense in the NFL. Given up almost 190 yards per game. How tough is that? And... How can it change? It's really tough. And uh, the worst part about it is that every time I look for improvements, it seems like it kind of just gets worse or it gets worse in another area. Like, yeah, they may have a better tackling game, but then the defensive line can't get off blocks, and now there's seams all the way up until Justin Simmons has to come make a tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a, it, they're horrible right now. Um, I, I know it's tough when you can't stop um, the running back, but when you can't stop the run, the team's entire playbook is open to them. Like, you have to start putting mm-hmm. more men on the field. So now the playbook for the pass, the play action pass is wide open. And then after that, it still feels like they can't stop the run. So really, there's no limit to what teams can do. I think that's why Conklin and other guys on the Jets felt so confident. Like, there's really nothing we can't do unless we mess up on a play at this mm-hmm. point right now for the Denver Bronco defense. So um, first and foremost, they got to stop the run, and then they move on to the pass after that. And the scary, scary part about it to me is if you can't stop the run, then that allows Nathaniel Hackett or any coordinator, especially with a young quarterback, maybe a struggling quarterback. You don't have to do it. it, Until that last pick to Pat Sertan, Zach Wilson was perfect in terms of just managing the game, Mm -hmm. doing the small things, and Nathaniel Hackett didn't have to ask a lot. And so the scary thing is now you play Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. If they're not able to stop the run and Isaiah Pacheco, very good running back, um, what the hell is Patrick Mahomes going to do? Well, maybe it'll help the Broncos that Andy Reid's allergic to calling run plays. Like, Andy just doesn't <laughs> run the ball. I mean, that's a joke, but essentially yeah. he doesn't really run the ball. But yeah. you know this, Todd, going against him a bunch. A lot of their passing game is their run game. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of their screen game, their swing game. Like, balls out of Pat's hands quick in that sense. That's that's Andy's run game. Yeah. Right? That's kind of the way they run it. Um, but before we move on to, to Mahomes, I was curious because um, Tyler Conklin told me this in the locker room and I'm kind of curious from a defensive player's perspective kind of what it means he was like we were looking at some of these fronts that they were giving us and before the snap we're like is this really this is going to work like that was going through everybody's head Mm -hmm. offensively seeing the front that the Broncos were putting and the whole he was telling me the whole Jets offense like well we're gonna this is easily six yards Mm -hmm. this is easily what is he getting at in that sense, Todd? It's it's the play that they have called, yep. and they're looking at what Denver's doing up front. But yeah. I want like more of you know way more about it than I do. Yeah, your take on what he's saying. He's basically looking at the alignment of the D line, the linebackers, and the safety help. Mm-hmm. So basically, based on where the D line is lined up, he can see like okay, this double team can scoop to the linebacker which is Josie Jewell very easily so we know that's going to work the safety help maybe Justin Simmons okay he's 15 yards away he may have this C gap but there's no way he gets down here before we get at least six yards so all of that he's planning in his head I know that when I play we tried to push everything out kind of towards the corners and safety so if you try to run anything up the middle there was no gaps. The furthest person we had back would be D. Stu, and he was coming down Always. dogging <laughs> like as soon as the ball snapped. Yeah. So the most you can get is three yards. So I think he sees what I see a lot of times is that they have gaps gapped out, but it's not really sound. 
And then the guys in those gaps, they lose gap control like as soon as the snap happens. So it's not like they maintain it to be able to create a secure gap. They just kind of open the floodgates and like guys can run really any gap that they choose to. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good interior three that Kansas City has mm-hmm. with Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Joe Tooney. Like that is that's their offensive line strength. I mean, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey are going to get paid this offseason. Part of the reason why they've had some financial issues in Kansas City, honestly, being firm with Chris Jones is we got to pay these guys that protect our billion dollar asset behind us. Yeah. Um, so Smart. they can put they can push the push the O line down the field if they want to run the ball. If they want if they want to, they can. They can run Isaiah Pacheco, who runs extremely hard between yep. the tackles. If they want that game plan, they can do it. And it wouldn't be a terrible thought. And obviously we'll get into the Chiefs a little later, but like the way their receivers are playing or kind of struggling getting their timing down. Mm-hmm. A lot of new guys uh, around Mahomes. Um, it wouldn't be terrible to run the ball a little bit. Kelsey's going to practice today. Um, so we'll see. It's a long shot to my understanding, but um, I know he wants to play. It's a long shot for him to practice or to play? To play Thursday. Wow. But, but he's practicing today, which is a step in the – but you're not doing anything on a Thursday practice. Yeah. Right, Todd? Like No. Essentially, I don't know if anybody puts cleats on the entire week when you got a game on Thursday. But, I mean, just the fact that he's going to be out there today changes a little bit. But I'm almost thinking, like, do you rush him for this Thursday game if you're the Chiefs? I don't think I don't think it's necessary. And I'm really Mm. scared. I'm nervous. I won't say scared. Nervous about this running game for the Chiefs because the Broncos have had three interior D linemen and two outside linebackers and haven't been able to stop the run. You can't run that personnel against the Chiefs. You have to be in nickel because of how much Mm. they throw the ball. Great point. Now you have two interior D linemen and three dogs for the Chiefs. Like it doesn't match up well for Mm. them to be able to be able to stop the run again. And on top of that, you said Travis Kelsey might Mm. practice today. A guy that didn't. He is practicing Mm. today. A guy that did not practice on the Broncos estimated practice report yesterday probably won't practice today and puts his doubt for Thursday's game uh, or puts his status for Thursday's game in doubt is DJ DJ Jones, Jones, arguably the Broncos' best run stopper. And when he was in the game, the first four series against the Jets, Jets had zero yards. Uh, And I don't think he was 100% of the reason when he got injured and went out that everything just fell apart for the Broncos. But not having him, uh, especially going up against that tough, tough defense or offensive line from the Chiefs, that is going to be a big bummer and speaking of big bummers i don't know if anyone thought on october 10th really i mean even october 1st that there would be so much talk about trading everyone away with this broncos team i mean i think people at least thought maybe in the off season is when it would start after sean payton's first season but that's how bad it is uh and in fact uh to make matters worse on top of the one and four start the Broncos have the hardest remaining strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. So anyone trying <laughs> yeah. to like find glimmers, like, well, maybe they turned around. Let's it run through it. Seem Let's run through it. Pretty so good. it's Chiefs, yep. Packers, Chiefs, yep. Bills, yep. Vikings, mm-hmm. Browns, Texans, who are no cakewalk this season, nope, not Chargers, anymore. Lions. Yep. Then you have the Patriots, who are an absolute dumpster fire this yep. season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's monumental in what's going on right now. But... That is just... And the Patriots I, have the same I, record as the Broncos. So when you call them a dumpster fire... 
I think they're worse off than the Broncos, honestly. Mm. I really do. They're getting they're getting dogged by a lot of people this week. Dude, we had as they should, too. We had my boy Phil Perry, who covers them and has for years for NBC Sports Boston on our show, the NFL Report. Watch it Mondays and Thursdays. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with Steve Weich and I. Where can people find and, it? And uh it's it's like on that uh that whole st- streaming world of like oh, Roku, Tubi, all that jazz. Yeah. Seven fifteen Eastern, so five fifteen this there time, we go. right? On Mondays and Thursdays, also a podcast, also on YouTube. It's everywhere. Um, but like Phil was like, th- that that team is so much more lost than the Broncos are. Mm. I honestly think the Broncos are more talented than that team. I don't think that team really has any sort of talent, yeah. uh, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you could evaluate the quarterback spot between the Patriots and the Broncos in two different ways. One, the Patriots are trying to figure out if Mac Jones is a serviceable quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Broncos are stuck with mm. Russell Wilson financially in a in a sense right, right. in a way they're kind of in a different spots um where that stands but like it really is a big head scratcher and like the city has turned on Bill Belichick which mm. is like <laughs> wow who would have thought i think it's 26 and 30 yeah. since Brady left he is um not great i mean the head the headlines um, that that are going around yesterday and today is will bill belichick be the coach of the patriots after this season robert kraft is not happy yeah, I, mean, I, not, I would take the the no for that one. He's not happy. Bill will get another job because Bill wants to break the record. Mm-hmm. He's 18, 18 to tie it, 19 to beat it. Two, three seasons, potent- depending on where he lands after this. I don't know where he goes. <laughs> my guess, honestly, you guys want, my yeah. guess is he would go to Washington. Yeah, that makes sense. His sense. connections to like Annapolis and Navy, grew up there. Dad mm-hmm. was a coach in Navy, yep. new ownership there. Yep. Be a strong hire for the new ownership. Yeah. That's not what we're even going to pick, yep, but yep. if they move on from. But anyway, that's like that's that's kind of that's all the way till December twenty fourth. That yep. game, Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve on, on NFL, NFL Network. Network. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, James. Speaking of this, do game. you know if because this one's on NFL Network, it's a Sunday night game, but not the traditional Sunday night game? Can this one be flexed out since it's technically that primetime spot and it is technically Sunday night? <sighs> I don't think so. I didn't, mainly because financially, NFL Network would hate to lose that game, <laughs> move that game from Sunday night. I don't think it's movable, but you, it, you think I they would know. hate to lose that game? Yeah, we don't have that many games on our air. We want we want all the games but we can handle. Wouldn't you get something else flexed in a better one potentially? I don't know. I don't think that's possible, but okay. I'm not entirely sure because we don't have a whole lot of games, so I don't know right. how it entirely right. works. Right? Because I don't think you want you're not going to pull a better game off of. On air television, CB, right, right, CBS National, or Fox yeah, or yeah, whatever to put on NFL Network. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was just hoping for you know it. personal Christmas Eve plans. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're banking on. Yeah. No longer a single man. Just uh, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, where are we going with that? But that's like that stretch. And then the final schedule. two games of the season: Chargers, after Raiders. That. Chargers, Raiders. So when you go through that, two games jump out to me that I think maybe the Broncos will be favored in, and it's because they're at home. It is that Patriots game, and it is a Packers game in two weeks. I think the Broncos could be a one-point favorite because they're at home there, and the Packers past two weeks have not looked good at all. But that's it. A little banged up. I I don't see any other games on the schedule where the Broncos are going to be favored. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I... I think the Texans are playing really, really well right now. They're probably mm-hmm. playing better than we all assume that they Absolutely. would play. We'll see if that continues yeah. by that point. They could think hit like CJ's a wall. only going to get better but though. Yeah, I I don't know about that honestly. Okay, like because I do think with a young quarterback, um, there's ebbs and flows to the season. Absolutely. He could hit a rut, right? Right, right Todd. That's like true. he could hit a spot where he's like, you know, 
And also, they're seeing him operate this offense for the very first time. When I say they, I mean the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. They don't have a book on him. It's like when a guy just gets called up in baseball, and there's no there's no book on him as a hitter, and he's just raking yeah. early on. And mm-hmm. then they're like, man, this. Guy, and then all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, he can't handle off speed stuff away, and everybody's and then he's got to adjust. Mm-hmm. Like that cat at mouse game of CJ going to have to adjust. That's going to happen throughout the year. They're not super talented as a team, but I think he's playing great. I yeah, really but just, do. yeah, but all players, I think all rookie players have this kind of ebbs and flows to yeah. their games mm-hmm. and kind of make rookie mistakes, and he hasn't yet. And yeah. even looking at Marvin Mims last week, he played like mistake free up until yeah. last week and had good two point. fumbles. Like good point. it just happens with rookie players. Yeah, it, it, it's a really good point. Um, and speaking of rookie players, Broncos might want to make some room for some rookie mm. pa- players to step up and take a bigger role. And that would mean potentially trading guys. And I think this year there's been more buzz about a potential blow up as mm-hmm. opposed to just trading one guy here or there like the Broncos did with Bradley Chubb the year before with Von Miller just making one move here and there. Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, they've made one move pretty much every year for the past few years, but I think there's more of a sense, and I think James mm-hmm. has a good sense of that, that it could yeah. be a lot more, and let's dive into that. If it's going to be uh, a complete rebuild here, an explosion in the next couple of weeks, after I tell you about our friends over Ooh, at tease. Primo Hoagies. Mm. Yeah. If you want to make your Thursday night better watching the Broncos, grab a Primo Hoagie. That's a great idea. James, how good are Primo Hoagies? Oh, they're incredible. Grew up on them. They're phenomenal. <laughs> what's, Keep going. Uh, what's the go-to? I told you the broccoli rob sandwich is my jam but nobody out here everybody thinks i'm insane like they don't even know what it is but go get it what is it i'm not gonna tell you oh you're not you just you just gotta go and get it and that is why you need to check out primo hoagies they've got a couple locations here in denver and centennial order your party trays in advance for thursday night's game maybe you're just gonna sit and watch red zone all of Sunday. I mean, that sounds great. Since we don't get to do that ever, mm-hmm. I might do that all of Sunday. You need your Primo Hoagie tray. So visit them and order online at primohoagies.com. It's not just a hoagie. It's a Primo. Oh, mm. I love that. And shout, out to <laughs> our friends. <laughs> shout out to our friends over at MSU Denver, where you can turn your goals into greatness at MSU Denver. Courses are available online and in person. Excellence awaits you at MSU Denver. 90-plus majors, create your own, find your future, achieve your goals with an affordable education. They have degrees from business to hospitality, aviation to the arts, education to healthcare. So basically anything you want to study, study at MSU Denver, and you can learn more at msudenver.edu. The Roadrunners. Big Roadrunner fan? My wife's a Roadrunner. Graduated MSU. Their uh, basketball team, like, dominates, or at least did. I don't know if they still do. Um, what is it, Division Three, yeah, wherever so. they're in? Yeah, uh, really good basketball team. So yeah. yeah, go run, go yeah. Roadrunners. Well, I, th- I thought you were doing the Texas horns. No, man, it's a Roadrunner. I don't know oh, if anybody does it other than me. Fingers out in front. I, like that. <laughs> I don't know if anybody does it but me. But my, every time I talk to Meg, I'm like, go Roadrunners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. we're gonna be doing that every time we do that read now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so James, you have some insight on this yeah. situation going on in Denver. So I had a report on NFL Network yesterday. Um, essentially, the term that was used to me is players are getting a sense that this is going to be a, quote, teardown. Um, and what they're thinking in that sense is there's going to be a fire sale before the trade deadline. And I think, honestly, that thought started creeping in guys' minds when the Randy Gregory mm. release, then it became a trade, yep. uh, happened last week. Mm-hmm. I think that was really, Todd, the sign of, like, okay, Sean Payton has a big voice in this room i think sean payton saying i slept on it and then we made the move it's not uh i slept on it and george slept on it and then we called each other and decided to 
I mean, might be reading too much into that comment, but I think we all know the, the sway that, that Sean has. Mm -hmm. And to make that move of a guy who just got $70 million, or nobody ever gets their full tilt, but you know what I mean, mm -hmm. signs a $70 million contract uh, two off seasons ago, and then he's gone immediately, that made guys in the locker room, to my understanding, be like, oh, like anything can happen here. Right. And then you go and have the performance you did defensively, and offensively yep. against the Jets. I mean, five possessions, negative 18 yards. I don't know if I've really ever seen that my coming goodness. out of a half in my life at, in the NFL level. Put those two things together, that's where guys' minds are now. It's like, all right, who's going to be gone? Because Sean's going to come in and flip this. We knew he was going to flip it, hopefully for the good. Now we know he's antsy when you see the Randy Gregory move, and then you see this. Yeah, 100%. that's where their minds are right now. One, I want to say every guy in the room, but that's where enough guys I've talked to whose minds are. And also, when you look at that trade of Randy Gregory, it wasn't they didn't move Randy because a team came and said, uh, here, we're going to give you an offer. You no. can't pass up. No, the yeah. Broncos mm -hmm. said they were going to cut him. Yeah. And uh, the uh, 49ers just had an opportunity to pick up a talented player at vet minimum. I think they're paying him eight hundred and ninety thousand dollars. So for a championship Super Bowl team, sure, it makes sense to add Randy Gregory, especially you add him in a winning culture. That's probably where that type of guy needs. to I be. bet you Randy Gregory gets seven sacks this season. Oh, <laughs> what do you guys think? Just finds his fountain of youth. Well, um, I mean, he's going to be that single team. Yeah. yeah, like he's going to have a favorable match number two. Yeah, I think Steve Wilkes is a guy that nobody's talking about at all. Um, it's true. I, I think he's going to find his way into like six, seven sacks this year. I, I think I think he will as well, <laughs> which um, is nuts. But yeah, I do. So on top of that, the Broncos swap picks they don't get much in return yeah. and then they also pay randy's pretty much all of his contract to leave yeah so that's not sean saying okay see if you want some of our guys you're gonna have to pay uh top dollar no sean's giving these guys away i mean he was gonna just cut him so i think that sends even a stronger message too mm -hmm. to the locker room i think so as well and i look at you know whether it's a fire sale or um, a blow up i look at the the ownership i think the ownership paid a lot of money to get this team then the next year, they don't they don't have a couple good years. Then the next year, they spend a lot of money to renovate the stadium. They're putting a lot into the team and not really mm -hmm. getting anything back. Mm -hmm. And from the press conferences we've seen, we've seen how the uh, quote-unquote leadership has changed in the locker room, in the organization. And I see that this organization wants to win. This ownership, whether you want to look at Condoleezza Rice, Greg Penner, Lewis Hamilton, they're, they're not losers. And they're not going to stand for losing. So I think from them, between them and Sean Payton, want to revamp this whole thing and feeling like he's kind of like an embarrassment to the NFL right now. And wow. I know that's not who Sean Payton knows himself to be mm -hmm. and doesn't want to be looked at as. I'd look at everything and say like, yeah, I think the Broncos are going to make some big changes in the next couple of weeks. Should they? Yeah. Uh, you got to look at the offseason and go, some of these guys were on the block even then. So to me, if you were already shopping Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, granted they were asking for a lot, uh, probably more than they were worth, so mm -hmm. maybe you were just testing it. But compound that with the fact that they made a very strong offer at Allen Lazard and wanted Allen. Jets mashed it. He ended up obviously wanting to play with Aaron. But, like, you don't make that aggressive move, Todd, towards a free agent wide receiver and put your other receivers on the trade block out there in the offseason if you were super happy with everything that you're seeing yep. if you're Sean Payton, right? I mean, that, no, just true. reading all of what they did... It doesn't seem like he was super like gung ho about what yeah. he was going in with. I think you, I think you do look at it and go, yeah, I think we might have to tear this down 
and and the word rebuild was refused to be used yep. by by John Elway for years. Not in his mm -hmm. vocabulary. And in the comments right here, somebody said, "I could. I, it's probably gone now. <laughs> they should do what the Lions did and tear it down and get as many picks as possible." Lions are awesome right now. Mm -hmm. Like they're rolling, <laughs> they are rolling. And so you do have to do that sometimes, and you do have to tear it down. And maybe with a new head coach that you know is going to be there and is a proven winner with ownership that's willing to do the extra mile, like Todd's saying, yeah. maybe that is your foundation, and then you move forward. But the problem is you're, you're locked into a quarterback that you're not sure is part of that future or not. What the Lions did is took an asset like Matthew Stafford, mm -hmm. traded him for more picks, and man, Jared Goss playing awesome. Mm -hmm. But they but had an asset, a quarterback that was desirable. Yeah. I'm not sure if... Russ is as desirable. Not, I'm not sure. I know Russ is not as desirable yeah. as Matthew Stafford was at that time. Yeah, and that's the tough thing when you look at this um, is the Broncos, you go into full tank mode, if you want to say that, in terms of and, and rebuilding and tank are different. Rebuilding, uh, they can be the same thing, but also different. But a lot of the, the way fans are looking at this is, let's go get Caleb Williams. Let's go get Drake May. Um, Russ is not the biggest problem, mm -hmm. but that is how you really start over is you get that rookie. And I think the, the entire fan base, the team, Sean ownership would feel a lot better with one of those two guys. And then you start up and then you try to take these pieces that you have right now, trade them. And then you have to hit in the draft and you have that's, to hit with these resources. And that that's you get. the thing. Like I think with limited draft picks, mm -hmm. I think Sean Payton and George Payton together showed you. I think we hit on a couple of these guys. They didn't have any high picks. Mm -hmm. Marvin Mims looks like a yep. player. Yep. Shalil McLaughlin looks like a player. Yep. Like, I think you're sitting there going like, okay, well, we need picks. Right. I mean, people in the comments here are talking about Philly too. Like, Philly flipped it with picks because you trade assets for picks. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think one and four, we mentioned the strength of schedule that's coming. Um, it, it is time to not just trade one per person or piece. It's, it's time to blow it up. And uh, um, Todd, do you agree? Is it that time? I think it's time. And I, I think I'm looking at it from a player perspective as well. Yeah. Like a lot of these guys have been for a long time and play really hard. And I think it's time for them to get their shot to be on a mm -hmm. team that can really do something instead of sitting here one and four again, um, not making plays they want to make. So for everybody, I think it will be a better circumstance. That's a good point too. Because if you look at the Lions, like that was part of their thinking. They're like, Matthew, thank you so much for everything you've done here. Uh -huh. Like, we're looking to go a different direction and rebuild this thing. What if we got you to a spot where you could be successful? Mm -hmm. Do you know the number one city in terms of ratings for that Rams Super Bowl that wasn't L.A. or who they beat? Uh, it was uh, Rams beat. Oh, my gosh. Was it? Who was it? Boy, we're like the worst football um, analysts of all time. Uh, so even at the game. Rams. Uh, oh, Bengals. Yeah, Bengals. Yep, yep, the Bengals. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Now I can recite these. I was covering the Bengals in that Super Bowl. <laughs> Way to go, James. Um, like Detroit, outside of Cincinnati and yeah. L.A., the number one rated city for watching that Super Bowl was Detroit. Yep. Like they love Matthew Stafford, and they wanted to see him win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I think what Todd's saying too is like, if you tear this down and you trade somebody that you can get something for, like a Justin Simmons, who not only has been an unbelievable player here, but an unbelievable person in the community yep. in Denver, I think fans are not going to be like, they're, they're going to still support him. And I think the organization is still going to like look out for him. It's 
The point is, it's not like if you tear something down, you feel like we need to rebuild, we need to restart, we need whatever term you want to use. Belichick used restart yesterday. It, it's not like you hate these players. Mm-hmm. It's just like change is needed. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, Todd put it actually pretty well in a sense of where you could think about it. Yeah, 100%. And that's why uh, the Broncos... Cincy there. The, <laughs> they're not just well, going to trade everyone. You have to find the balance of trading the guys that are going to bring back the most value that you don't think are going to be on your team and still be this elite player once you are there and once this rookie quarterback that you get and once this rebuild, restart uh, process finally clicks in place. And so a guy, maybe the most desirable one out there, is Justin Simmons because he kind of so? fits that. Potentially. Oh, Sertan's not the but, most desired? Well, no, because I think... Let's jump into that conversation mm-hmm. after I tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Distillery. We've got, I mean, how many bottles of Breckenridge Distillery do you think we have in our set right now? Because those, all those shooters are Breckenridge Distillery. I think we count there's 17 of those in there. So we've got mm. 19 bottles of Breckenridge Distillery. Wow, 15 Somebody stole them or were My bad. I was going on vacation. <laughs> I couldn't leave it. <laughs> They're below three point the play. <laughs> one ounces. Yep, yeah. yep, they are. Uh, and if you want some Breckenridge Distillery, check them out over at BreckenridgeDistillery.com. They've got the Battle of the Bourbons going on, the Ed McCaffrey blend versus the Alfred Williams blend. If you want to try them and vote, try them, and then go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com. Find their Bourbon of Denver Broncos, and you can vote there. Also, post a picture to Facebook or Instagram and hashtag Broncos Bourbon to win two tickets to the Breckenridge Bourbon Whiskey Suite, which is awesome for that uh, New Year's Eve game against the Chargers. So check them out, Breckenridge Bourbon and BreckenridgeDistillery.com. And if you've been hurt or seriously injured, call our friends over at Backus and Shanker. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for over 25 years. And the great thing about them is they're free until they win money for your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with them about your case. No fee while they work on your case. Back in the Shanker has won over a billion dollars for clients here in Denver. They have locations in Colorado, including Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins. They're all over the city, so make sure you check them out. And if you want to give them a call, call 222-2222 to set up a consultation. Okay, let's get into some names, players, what the Broncos could get in return. And let's, how do we want to phrase this? Let's get into our Bet365 Top 5. Top five players, top five value guys, yeah. guys that have the most value on the team right now. Yep. So I do think Pat I Sertan agree with you. Has the yes, most value. Absolutely. Yes. Pat Sertan has the most value. What would Sean Payton have to get in return to say, I'm moving Pat? Because to me, at least a first. At least a first? Yeah. Here's the tough thing with me. Probably for Pat. It's going to be a good team that's trading for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, a first-round pick, you're going to get between 25 and 32. To me, not even two firsts would move the needle from oh, a good wow. team. Not even wow. two firsts would move the needle because the hit rate in the first round is about 50%, I mm-hmm. think, for, for first-round guys. And uh, back of the first round, that percentage has got to go down a little bit. And then even if you hit on that guy, probably not going to turn in to an all-pro cornerback. Um, and so for me... I wouldn't even do it for two firsts. And the reason is Pat Sertan, we know how good he is, but he's 23 years old too. And mm-hmm. so this is a guy, unless you don't think Sean Payton is is the guy moving forward, um, and I do think Broncos ownership still thinks he is, if, if you move on from him because you don't see him in your window, you're saying you don't see a window in the next five or ten years. So Pat Sertan, to me, it would have to be something where, I think Henry mentioned this yesterday, 
You don't trade him right now. You save him until the offseason. And then if you need to go from pick seven to pick two in order to go get your quarterback, then you have that chip. Mm-hmm. where Pat Sertan would be the most valuable thing outside of first-round picks that you have. So really, unless it's a bad team coming and offering me a first-round pick, I don't think I'm moving Pat. Okay. Another school of thought okay. that the NFL has, plenty of decision-makers around the league have. I think the world of Pat, I think he's the best cornerback in football. I think he has makes every single thing you're looking for in a player. Everything. Yep. How many teams win a Super Bowl – because of their star cornerback. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Like that's the Probably cornerstone of their team. Oh, of course not. Is no. that corner. No. Mm-hmm. I kind of think, well, decision makers around the league kind of think corners sometimes are like baseball teams think of closers. Sorry, I had a bad loss with the Phillies yesterday. <laughs> Unbelievable finish. <laughs> Terrible double play. Well, actually an amazing double play, but I'm making a lot of baseball analogies because... <laughs> You go out and get closers when your team's on the brink. Right. Like to those those pieces come. We brought up Philly earlier. They were like, oh, we're close. Let's go get Slay and Bradbury. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you're Rams, starting Jaylen over. Ramsey. Yeah. When you're starting over, usually that that star corner is just kind of sadly playing games for you. He's not winning games for you. And so you could have the thought, mm-hmm. if that's the most assets, you're right. If you got two firsts, you're talking, your analogy is completely right. But what Sean's going is like, if none of those guys are as good as Pat, but we get three starters in return, sure. that's where we're at as an organization. That could be a thinking, sure. right? Like you lose the superstar, but this team has no depth. Right. You get deeper and better at multiple positions, or you use those picks to compile them together to get your next quarterback. Or one. There's other ways to think about it. It does lead you to the question todd of like the best cornerback in football during a rebuild what role is he playing mm-hmm. i don't know yeah it's tough i i don't see a world world where we should trade him but i understand the logic behind that, it. i mean in both everybody in the league has that school of thought yes and this school of thought absolutely like there's the, they both exist with gms yep. Yep. absolutely but it's tough because, I mean, I think the next person on the list is probably going to be Justin Simmons. Yeah. Um, but then if you trade either one of those guys, like, I think you put the defense as a whole in limbo. Like, there's no leadership. There's no um, person that can grab the torch to bring in the next team. Like, it would be somebody from another team that had to come in and kind of turn everything around. I think it just changes the dynamic, which which is something you want. It changes the dynamic very quickly, and it's going to be a completely different Different squad. It would be a completely different squad, and you don't want to think about what the rest of this season will look like because the Broncos had Pat Sertan in every game this year, uh, and the past two games that they didn't have Justin Simmons, uh, Justin Fields looked like an MVP passer Mm -hmm. of a quarterback, which he hasn't looked like uh, in his career. And then the week before, we know what the Dolphins were able to do when Justin Simmons was on the sideline. So uh, you're no doubt waving the white flag on this team. You're taking away the second best player on defense if you move on from Justin Simmons to the worst defense already in the NFL. They're dead last in points, dead last in yards. So what can you get for Justin Simmons? Because I don't think it's a first. No. No, you don't get a first. Broncos country, I think, is hopeful that you can, and I don't think that's the case. Okay, well, then, James, with how you said that, can you get a second? Third? 
He got to be able to get a second for Justin Simmons. <laughs> He's one of the best safeties in the time. league. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's tough. And I feel like it's mainly because of the name. I think the name is gives you recognition. And some of these guys around the league, other safeties that would require, require a first, um, if they were traded, is mostly because of their name. But if you look at production, he's very high on the list and should require at least True. a second round pick. I would hope for a second. Yeah. I would. I don't. It would be like a th my guess, like a third and other third and a fifth. Mm -hmm. to, you know what I mean? Multiple equal picks. A yeah, mm -hmm. potentially equal a second. I don't know. If you can get a two for him, probably really consider that. I. I think it's a done deal if it's me. And and again, that two is probably at the end of the second round because you're probably dealing Justin to go be with a contender right yeah. now. But for me, you you do it. And this is kind of that conversation of how you have to find a balance is, is Justin Simmons better than the second round pick that you would replace him with? Yes, without a doubt. But over the next seven years, could this second round pick with opening up the money that you save by moving on from Justin, can that combination of saving money and the second round pick have more value for your team for the next seven years or so? That's when you got to trust the general manager that you have, whether it's Sean trusting George, whether it's Sean trusting uh, someone else that he would bring in this off season, you got to trust him that you can turn a second round pick into a second round pick plus saving, you know, 10, $18 million over the next couple of years that that would do that. Yeah. And I think this is, I think it's pushing everything so far out if we, if we only get picks. We might have to get picks and bodies. Like, we got a third and a guy. Maybe that makes more sense than getting the second. Because I think if we just get all picks, then we're looking at five to seven years from now from actually mm. being good as opposed to being able to make a run closer to three years. Mm. I'm looking at his contract. 14.4 this year, 14.5 next year. No guaranteed money next year, yep. but an $18 million cap hit. And he's 29, 30? He'll be 31, 31 in 2024. So you're in a spot where you're like, are we giving him another contract or are yep. we moving on from him? Right, right. That's where you're at after this season anyways. Mm -hmm. Man. Justin Simmons, too. Yeah, man, 31 years old. Yeah, maybe it is more of a three. And just I just go back to... Uh, I know Akeeb was a little older. The Broncos got a fifth when they trade Akeeb to leave. Like, just the ultimate guy you want on your team when you are a good team. Mm -hmm. and the Broncos are only able to get a fifth for him. And I so, don't think you can get a two. I don't. I, I think you might be right, James. I think a, a three might be it here. Three and a six? I don't know. So we're already at a three for the number two most valuable guy on the team. Who? I mean, who's next? And I can just throw out some names for you, some other veterans. Um, uh, Garrett Bowles. Josie Jewell, DJ Jones, uh, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Obviously, the wide receivers now come into this discussion. Is Jerry Judy the third most valuable guy? The hard part with the receivers is there's other receivers that are out there. Right. That are going to be out there, like McCole Hardman, Van Jefferson, guys that teams are looking to shop right now. Mm -hmm. More guys that are out there, mm. less you're going to get for your guy. Right. Right? Supply and demand. It's pretty simple. So if teams have options... They're not going to be banging your door down to give you the best picks possible. Right. They're like, well, we can get McCole. We can go get, you know. I would think the receivers are probably on this list. Yeah. Probably both of them. Um, the guy that I think gets traded, that has the greatest chance of get trading, and you're not going to get a lot for it, is probably Frank Clark. Mm. Um, I just think that probably happens. Uh, I think Frank wants to break the postseason sack record. I think he's a sack and a half away from it. 
I think he's probably pretty confident he's not going to be playing in the postseason in Denver. Mm-hmm. Some team would like that in the postseason. His contract helps that out a lot. I mean, he signed a contract that was almost an entire signing bonus. So you'd be yeah. picking up Frank for like one, two or something like that mm-hmm. to, your, uh, to your salary. Yep. Vance Jefferson just got traded to Atlanta, by the way. There you go. Wow. See? Well, then that just happened. Yeah. Van Jefferson. Yep. And then uh, what about Garrett Bowles? Well, let's let's. We, so you were talking about wait, who were you just mentioning? Oh, Frank Clark. Frank Clark. Would yeah. it be the Chiefs? I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I seriously wouldn't be surprised with back Chiefs. Oh, that they got would just young be pass sick. rushers on the outside that they a gross were one. really confident would make a big jump, and they still can. But it just hasn't happened early. You know, Carol Loftus and Felix uh, was it Uzama? Um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they went and got Frank. I mean, it'd be getting him back for next to nothing. Yeah, yeah. I see it happen all the time. They yeah. let a guy yeah. go just because he's a little bit too <laughs> yeah. expensive. It doesn't yeah. work out. We'll take him back. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to even, you. Or even like a Brock Osweiler, like, you yeah. know, a yeah. little, bit, little bit too expensive. Okay, now league minimum. Okay, we'll bring you on back. Oh. Like, happens all the time. And how just gross would that be for the Broncos to pay him all the money uh, and then just let him go have success with uh, the Chiefs in the postseason? Yep. Oh, man. Especially everything that he said in a Broncos uniform about the Broncos' rivalry with the Chiefs, which was all true, by the way. That, there that was, was actually really good. I'm not going to lie. He was spot on. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. But, I mean, like, if he goes and gets traded to the Chiefs, those comments are just going to hurt Broncos country even more. But Sean Payton's not in that business right now. He's mm-hmm. in the business of getting what he can for guys. So when you say Frank Clark, James, do you think he's the third most valuable guy? No, I didn't say value. I don't right, think right, you're right. going to get you much back he's in guy. return. Yeah. I think yeah. he's the most likely yeah. to yeah. get traded. Yeah. Yeah. The most likely? Yeah. Okay, yeah, and uh, I, and w- especially when you look at Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, Frank Clark is not um, the future of this position at all, and so you brought him in. I don't think in. he's really a fit for the defense. I agree with that too. He's never really been Todd right like a like a stand up outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's like a DN get yeah, downfield, put, put his hand in the dirt and go like in that, a four that, three. That's been him. Yep. his whole like life. That's what he's most comfortable in. If you asked him, like if you asked him straight up. Frank Wilson's coming. He's not going to say Sam linebacker, right? You right. Know, it's going to be playing DN in a four three and putting his hand in the ground and going after the quarterback. Like, yeah. So the fit also. Yep. And he's he's kind of he fits on, on if you look at these he fits like here's a low risk or not low risk low value commodity that is going to maybe make a handful of plays for us in the postseason. Right. So there's value in that. Yeah. But I don't think. There's enough. I mean, you're not going to get a bunch in return. No, it's probably a seventh or what we've seen for for Randy Gregory. Gregory switch a sixth and a seventh mm-hmm. uh, in order to move on from him. Um, yes, you here? Uh, just so you guys know, talking about trade value, Van Jefferson did get traded for a 2025 pick swap, sixth and seventh rounders. Yeah. yeah see. So wow. just keep keep that in mind when talking about Jerry Judy. He's around. Might be around that. Sixth and seventh swap. That's all we're getting. We're going to have <laughs> seven picks in the sixth yeah. round. <laughs> no seventh round picks, though. Um, hey, I'll, I'll take that for draft And the Broncos wanted a one for Judy in the offseason. I was going to say, man, how the value has fallen. Do you think they could have got a two? Yeah, there were teams interested, and teams were annoyed that the, <laughs> the Broncos are holding firm as a one. And uh, I think it's clear that that's going to be viewed as a mistake, that they didn't take the two. Back then, because it's not like Jerry's come out and balled. Um, I, I don't even know what his best game is so far, 40, 50 yards. Um, and uh, so I think you're definitely not getting a day two pick for him. Is it really a late-round pick swap, or can you pick up a fourth for you Jerry? Might. Yeah, you might be able to go. Yeah, so I think Jerry's probably number three on this list out of four. And it's so funny we're talking about Jerry as a 
for like a fourth. And I love Jerry, but like the production versus he and Justin Simmons, like we're still talking about Simmons as a third, <laughs> right, Ju- Judy as right, a fourth. Right. But when we talk about it, it's more so about name and 100%. hype more so yep. than like production. Like, yep. and that's just how it goes. Whether you're a first round draft pick, they get 20 chances. You're an undrafted player that comes in and balls. Like Philip Lindsay, and then all of a sudden you find yourself on the street, like or like Todd Davis, who comes hey man, in it happens, and balls, man. <laughs> and, uh, and and well, no, and, and Todd, it's it's such a good point because people still go to Jerry Judy's potential, absolutely, uh, and potential, man. I mean, you you bring up a really good point that potential lasts so much longer Very. than anything else with these guys. So, um, and I mean, speaking of uh, production versus potential, Cortland Sutton probably would get less for Jerry Judy. And he has had more production this Mm -hmm. year. He's had more production in his career. He's had a thousand yard season where Jerry Judy hasn't, but Cortland Sutton, he's a little bit older, uh, was a second round pick, not a first round pick Todd. Uh, And then also (laughs) his contract uh, is more expensive. Although I think there's less guarantees because the Broncos did pick up Jerry's fifth year option. So he's getting 12 million next year. I think Cortland's cap hit next year is 18 million. I have to imagine if a team trades for him, they renegotiate that in the off season, but for Cortland, you're uh, potentially looking at a, a sixth or maybe one of those pick swaps to get rid of him. Yeah, it's a tough game, man. So let's put Cortland. It's a tough game. <laughs> let's it put is. Cortland here. Or what about Garrett Bowles? There's do you think, do you think they can move on from him? Yeah. I mean, I right now I think they can move on from almost anybody if they wanted to. Like there's – I. I'm struggling to find, Todd, like cornerstone pieces. Mm-hmm. That's where the roster kind of is right now. I mean, doesn't it drop off on our list after two? Yeah. Player. Four. Player. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, here, let's round the list off with, uh, what, Garrett Bowles and Cortland Sutton? Or Frank Clark? I mean, Frank Clark's going to be there, but I do think he's he's a late round. Yeah, Yeah, I think he's a a late round swap. Any other guys that we need to mention? Um, Because I think when you look at this, in terms of value, we've uh, only one R in Garrett. Um, in terms of value, we've talked about all the guys of value. I think after this list, you just kind of look at guys on expiring contracts that you send to winning teams that you just get that pick swap back for. Guys that pop to the top of my head, Josie Jewell, mm-hmm. Kareem Jackson, um, some vets that would either be a, a starter for a team or some depth there. And I think Josie and Kareem could fit that too. Yeah. You got to remember the other thing that we haven't mentioned once during this whole thing is injuries change all of this. Somebody goes down on another team and needs somebody. Need is what you're waiting for. You're mm-hmm. waiting for a team to have a need. Yeah, if a, if a safety goes down on a contender, like boom, then Justin Jefferson, then uh, Justin Simmons' value goes, goes through the roof. Right, right, right. That's what you're, you're not hoping for anybody to get hurt, sure. but that's sure. what changes your market. In all honesty. So is that why uh, you don't trade anyone today? And you don't trade anyone next Tuesday. You wait until that trade deadline, which is Halloween. Yeah, you can wait because that buys you time. I mean, you look at Van Jefferson's situation. Where was he on their depth chart? Like fifth or something yeah, like he that. Wasn't being this counted past on, week. That's no, for sure. like I mean, there's Atwell was above him. Obviously, Puka. Obviously, Cup. Like yeah, he was he was all the yeah. way down on their on their on their list. That's a little bit different situation than if you have guys that are like key targets, like say a Judy or or a Sutton, your top two receivers. You're not going to go. You, you you want to wait. You want to see. Time is part of this equation. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so how many guys do get traded? What do you guys think? It's hard to make a trade, honestly. Like, yeah. It's it's not easy. Out that list, 
Uh, in total, I'd probably say three guys. I think so Still too. Think that's a good amount. It 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 really is, especially for in season. If you traded three guys in season, you would be like, we are starting over. Mm-hmm. And then that's yeah. on top of trading Randy Gregory, Randy Gregory. last yeah. weekend. I, I think if I were to have to make a guess right now, I, I do think Justin Simmons gets traded. And and speaking of the feeling in the locker room, James, I, that's my I've picked up mm-hmm. that vibe that uh, that players don't want to see him go, but also understand that that probably might be likely. Um, I do think Frank Clark happens, and then I do think one of those wide receivers get traded as well, which, man, three trades, four trades in seasons, a ton. It is a ton. So that's our Bet365 top five. And speaking of Bet365, use the code DNVR when you sign up over at Bet365 where you can get so many unique bets. I'm sure they're going to have so many unique bets on this Broncos-Chiefs game. What would be a unique bet for this Broncos-Chiefs game? I can't talk gambling. Huh. Yeah, that's right. You can't talk gambling. What would be a unique bet here, Todd? What, it, speaking of trades and everything. Hmm. I mean, oh. George Kittle just had three touchdowns. Did they throw a Travis Kelsey three-touchdown game up? If Although, he's playing. I don't know if he's playing. Yep, yep. Maybe Pacheco three-touchdown game. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, that one would really hurt. But you can get the unique bets, the uh, extraordinary over at Bet365. Use that code DNVR365 over at Bet365 when you sign up to get the best deals. It must be 21 and older. Physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And if you want to go to the game, you want to watch the Broncos versus the Chiefs, check out our friends over at Game Time, where you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big game. Game Time is fast and easy. Way to buy tickets for all sports, music, and comedy. I think it's use code DMVR for 20% off, yep. not CHGO. Yeah, That's correct. if you're yep, in Chicago. Yep, 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 but DMVR, <laughs> use code DMVR for 20% <laughs> off. It's a great way to buy tickets. Um, I know the Broncos aren't doing well, but I think it's always great for us to go to Arrowhead and support them. I hate Arrowhead. I hate that banging of that stupid drum. Yeah. So go check out our friends over at Game Time and get you some tickets, man. And James, you're going to be there. I'll be there. At, at, at Arrowhead. At, at Arrowhead. Um, how do the Broncos pull off this upset ten and a half points is pretty massive in the nfl yeah it's yeah it's a, it'll be a tough climb um i don't know i mean it's funny it's different now so you can't really say it but pat has struggled against the broncos defense over the last years those are the fangio years if you ever asked him what it was like going against vic and i have he hated it i mean he hated going against vic um so good hire for the dolphins then and potentially seeing him in the playoffs yeah True. Um, I mean, I mean you, you'd have to see Russ really make some plays. I mean, I think you'd have to have this offense go out there and make some plays. I don't think you're fully stopping Mahomes anyways. Yeah. Right? So the, two, the, the thing that I do always hear when you talk to defense coordinators around the league is, is one universal thing. Pat is going to give you two opportunities to pick him off every game. Mm-hmm. But for one reason or another, hardly anybody does it. And I've asked, actually, DBs this question. Like, why is he so hard to pick off? And it's actually a pretty funny answer. It's usually like, you know how many things are going through your head as mm-hmm. a defensive back playing against Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. And then the ball comes up on you, and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you drop it. You're like, oh, I had no idea. Because you're thinking, like, is he going to do this? Is he do this? He's going to throw it anywhere on the field. Like, there's just a million things with that offense. You're thinking of, you're kind of just, you're, you're just so, there's a lot on your plate. That is what some guys have actually said. There's so much on your plate mentally yeah. that it's hard to actually pick. But, like, he will give you an opportunity or two. So if the Broncos capitalize on both those, maybe you have a pick six. Like yep. maybe you get a defensive touchdown. 
he does give you opportunities. He does. And to play off of that, James, one of the best opportunities the Broncos had at snapping this when the losing streak that they have against Chiefs was last year when they were down big. Mm-hmm. Then they had three interceptions mm-hmm. against Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes that brought them back in that game. And that was one of the closest they've been. And they were able to get three picks off Mahomes, which maybe is the only time that's ever happened. Um, and so it is capitalizing on those. And uh, it's also score. just, yeah, yeah, you mm-hmm. are, Russ is, is going to have to be hitting yeah. explosive plays because mm-hmm. especially going against this defense where it's at now, you're going to give up points. This offense has to be explosive and has to capitalize. Yeah, the mm-hmm. offense has to be rolling. And I think they have to find two other ways to get touchdowns outside of the offense, whether it's a pick six or it's a punt return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It has to be two other 14 points outside of the offense to be able to even compete with what Chiefs are going to be able to do. Yeah, so you're going to need a Marvin Mims uh, return on a kick or a punt, and he yep. cannot fumble. You can't be making no. mistakes <laughs> against the Chiefs. No. And uh, a question for you, Todd. How much of an advantage would it be for the Broncos? Or how much of a relief would it be to not have to go up against Travis Kelsey this week? Oh, it's a huge relief. I mean, it changes the entire game plan if he's not there. Um, They have some good pieces on the offense, you know, as far as receiver, but they're not dynamic like he is. They're not game records like he is. And for a player like Travis Kelsey, he's going to require Justin Simmons and maybe another player to help on guarding him. Now, if he's not there, that frees up those two players to help, you know, other guys on defense who, you know, Based on how they've looked, a lot of guys need help, you know, in the defense. So him not being there is going to be huge for the defense. Um, I don't think I ever played a time when he wasn't there, but yeah. probably would have had a pretty good game. <laughs> <if he wasn't. laughs> you wish he wasn't there one of those games. And I just think back to week one, primetime, the first game of the NFL season. How did, how did that Chiefs offense look without Travis Kelsey? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I mean, obviously the Kadarius Tony game, uh, he's bounced back from that, but I mean, yeah. it, it looked not really, no, I oh, he's been battling a toe Tony. injury. He's okay. been hurt. He's been banged up a little bit. Slap snaps have been limited big time. I mean, there's no one you look at receiver wise and Mm-mm. say, tell me that if you, guy could kill. I us. didn't get this from looking at my computer. I promise. <laughs> tell me who has the most receiving yards on the chiefs from the receivers position. Um, Sky Moore, I know it's not right. Yeah, it's not right. No. Justin Watson is their number one never leading guessed. receiver at mm. the receiver position. Is Kelsey above Kelsey's him their now? number one receiver, okay. yeah. Okay. yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but I'm saying of their wide yeah, receivers. They play a lot of them. They rotate a lot of them in. They've really been just banking on guys to make a big jump, and it just hasn't happened yet. Like, the expectation in Sky Moore in year two was really in camp through the roof, but it just hasn't fully been there. Rasheed Rice has impress them as a rookie receiver but there's a lot on your plate in that offense as a rookie wide receiver i mean there's a lot you got to know mentally he's had some drop issues they want tony to be the one they they 100 believe he can be their number one wide receiver it just hasn't happened a lot of things haven't happened we're talking to people there they've told me it's just the timing the 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 connection with with patches hasn't been there developed as quickly as they thought they've been hurting themselves offensively a lot that's the other thing get him in long positions yeah and Somebody on that team is going to help you. His name's Juwan Taylor. He's mm-hmm. going to he's going to help you repeatedly yeah. uh, with false starts or or lining up pretty much in the backfield. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's ways that that, that you know you, hopefully you get him in more passing situations where Pat takes some chances. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the timing hasn't been perfect with a lot of these receivers, and that's that's where they're growing through that and growing with that. And maybe you take advantage of that. I don't know. Maybe you put Sertan on Kelsey if he plays. Just be like, let's see, let's play. Let's have you play a game without Travis. Yeah, mm-hmm. essentially would probably be like 
yeah. similar. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and um, I'd way rather have him on Travis than him trying to shut down. Who'd you say? Jordan Watson? J- Justin Watson. Justin Watson. <laughs> Nobody even yeah. knows his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. And I mean, I remember that week one game when they didn't have Kelsey. Mahomes looked really good. His stat sheet wasn't that good at the end because his receivers were dropping balls. His receivers were running wrong routes. So that actually could be a huge thing. And you, and you said not looking no, good for I him mean, to play? Listen, Travis plays through anything. I've been I've covered Chiefs games where it's like I've been told, like, oh, I don't know if he's going to play. And then he'll run right by me and be like, oh, I'm effing playing. And I'm <laughs> like, wow. And he didn't even know until, like, pregame like, yeah, that he was yeah. going to play. Like, he has this extra thing where he just finds a way to get on the field. I would be – like. I'm saying there's a lot to get through for yeah. him to play in this game, but I'm not. I would be surprised if he played in it by yeah. means. Because also we're talking about oh, short week, and it's like, do you rush him? He, they also looking at it on the back end, going, right. oh, we get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Right. We get all that time to get him healthy again. If it's not going to get worse playing on it, mm-hmm. then we play him. Like sure. that's kind of the sure. part of the thinking. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And final question about the Chiefs game with your insight: Will Taylor Swift be there? Oh, man, I don't know. It is a primetime game. It's a primetime game. She'll probably be there. Yeah. <laughs> like, nationally televised game, get Taylor to the stadium. Yep. Everybody makes a boatload of money. Yeah. Travis, mm-hmm. Taylor, the NFL, yep. everyone yep. included. They yep. all just rake home a bunch of bucks as we all just <laughs> think about Taylor Swift. Yeah, yep. Yep. I wouldn't yep. be surprised. That'll be, uh, that'll be something that Broncos fans will certainly be disgusted to just see left and right if she is there. And let's hop into the comment section before we get out of here. Do we have any super chats you hear? We do. We got a couple. Andrew coming in and says, I don't believe this is all on Sean Payton's fault. He inherited this weak roster. The defense going from top five last year to bottom five this year is on Vance Joseph. I don't entirely agree with that, that it's all on Vance Joseph. I think Alex Singleton, um, and the stats will back it up too, but I think Alex Singleton was uh, very uh, candid when he said, the last three weeks of last year, we sucked as a defense we saw the decline coming mm-hmm. i don't think anyone saw it being this, this bad yeah and this fast but um it's also personnel uh and i think that sean and vance have really pointed to guys so big reason of things not working out is guys just not doing their jobs yeah, yeah. i think top five top bottom five is a compliment to the defense <laughs> right now. i don't even know if we're there but yeah i think it's just a lot of guys not doing their job you can look at you know, the film and see guys that made plays last year that just aren't making the same plays this year. And I don't think that's all on Vance Jessup. Like we said, it's personnel too. Is that being told to play in a I see it kind of as like a hybrid scheme? Like we're trying to do some of Vic's stuff. We're trying to do some of my stuff. Like it it's change. I Sometimes think, change is is hard to play through. Yeah. Change. Figuring out what your role is, where your spot is. It's it's different. It's definitely different. And I and I brought that up one time on the show. Like mm-hmm. They tried to blend these two defenses, and I didn't think it worked out well. But some of the mistakes I'm seeing now is just man-to-man stuff. Like, you know, I got him, you got him, and we can't figure that out. So mm-hmm. I think it's just vanilla stuff that guys aren't getting right right now, too. Yeah, is there an effort issue? No, I think no. It may be it may be a, a over-effort issue. Maybe guys are trying to do too much, trying to get in position to make plays as far as, like, getting picks and interceptions and you realize that you did too much. You jumped the route that was really a, a inside breaking route, and now the guy's wide open. So maybe they're overexerting themselves, trying to make things right, yeah. trying to make plays. So pressing. maybe that's it. And that, that happens a lot when guys try to make. I know what you're Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Todd, to your point, the Broncos are dead last in the NFL in points per game, yards per game, yards per play, 
rushing yards per game, and they're fourth worst in passing yards per game. Oh. So those are kind of the big five stats, and they're dead last in four of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, bottom five would be generous. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to this next one. Uh, Corny says, uh, gaming with what I got. Oh, he says, what do you think about trading <laughs> Justin Simmons and Sutton for one overall, for one or for a first in the offseason? Um. Oh, the number one overall pick. Yeah, that won't happen. Um, if you traded those guys together. For the number one overall pick, that GM loses his job. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you trade both those but, guys together, I mean, uh, you're probably getting a third still. Yeah. I don't think Cortland's moving the, the needle much right now. Yeah, all. taking a lot of money, too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I don't see that happening. Um, anything else you guys got for us today? Always love your insight, James. Oh, you do? Yep. Um, I don't know. I got a really great present in the mail. Oh, yesterday. yes. Tell us about it. So I get this box. It's real big and it's empty and it's light. And I just hear one little thing in it. I'm like, what is going on? And I did this on the show yesterday. I pulled out. There is one red zone card, like a, <laughs> like a card that you would read off of. And it says NFL red zone. I'm like, I know who this is from. <laughs> and I flip it over and it says, you don't have man hands. Because you've been counting that money your whole life. It's a line from Jaws, because I love Jaws, from my buddy Scott Hansen, host of Red Zone. Yep. And inside the box is one styrofoam cup, just a white styrofoam cup, autographed by Richard Dreyfus. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that that's 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 the guy in Jaws, man. That's Jaws my guy, fan. man. Yeah. If you're a marine yeah. biologist fan, you know, <laughs> Brody's the best. And so if you remember the scene where they're on the Orca and Quint crushes his beer and crushes his cup and Richard Dreyfuss is staying there with a foam cup and just drinks the water out of it and then crushes the foam cup, <laughs> just trying to like pretend he's as tough as this yep. crazy sailor and Quint. So Scott went and had lunch with Richard Dreyfus because he's like a huge fan <laughs> of Red Zone apparently. And he asked him Jaws questions for like three hours. Oh and then God. on his ride back from San Diego... He uh, he calls me and Scott and I talk for like two hours just on like random Jaws trivia that Richard <laughs> Dreyfus told him. And so Scott the other day mailed me yesterday mailed me a, a styrofoam cup that he had Richard Dreyfus autograph for. That me. is and incredible. Awesome. Did you do? Did you drink out the cup? <laughs> yeah. No, it's sitting on my TV on my set in my basement. Yeah. It's actually okay. right in front of Patrick Mahomes' head now. We don't even see Mahomes anymore from the interview we did. Broncos fans now, like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So now yeah. I have. I got to maybe put the card somewhere because Scott might be a bigger celebrity than Richard Dreyfus <laughs> these days. It's true. Uh, so you're not going to crush it. No, You're I'm not going to show crush your manly it. No, Scott sent me a video of him and Richard Dreyfus crushing foam cups together, like <laughs> reenacting the scene. The guy's the greatest. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. awesome. Uh, any stories from Barbados? Uh, no, we had a great time, though. I went to Sandals Barbados down there, hang out, um, drank a lot. Yeah, yeah. Good, probably yeah. smell like tequila <laughs> right now, but yeah. Um, yeah, maybe don't remember enough to tell you. Had a good time. Well, we appreciate. I mean, mm-hmm. you landed at ten, came yep. straight here, did the show. You he was getting out now? of like an Uber right in front. of I'm in my car waiting to make a <laughs> waiting to make a right right here. Oh, Todd yeah. just gets out of a car, and I was like. Oh, did he Uber here? I know you were coming from the airport. Yeah, I He's couldn't. I couldn't miss this, man. I wanted to be here to talk <laughs> with my guys. I was going too long, going too yeah. long. Oh man, we are so happy you're back. And Todd, we are going to give our predictions for if the Broncos can win the game tomorrow. Do they cover the spread, or uh, does the uh, 
the rebuild begin on Friday after this game. We'll be here to break it down. James, always love your insight. Thank you so much for joining us today. No we'll problem. be back tomorrow for the final show before Thursday Night Football. It's crazy how fast these weeks go. Thanks Ask so much Baldi for tuning Jaws in. Ask Jaws questions. Oh, yeah. We he got Baldy on, too. There we go. See you guys. He loves Jaws. I'll take you back